now it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, Hop Along John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all-around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. Rod and Reel Radio brought to you by El Cajon Ford at Broadway and Main or online at ElCajonFord.com. Whether it's time for a new or used car or truck or you need to take advantage of San Diego's best quick lane for service with genuine Ford parts, brand name tires at competitive prices, remember nobody beats El Cajon Ford. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Reel Radio, the best stop on your radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. Hey, welcome to Ron Real Radio, everyone. I am your finally had a chance to go out and whack them host. Hop along, John Cassidy. We want to welcome you tonight's show. We appreciate everyone gathering and hanging with us tonight. I think we're put together for you a great show. The fishing is heating up big time, and I think a lot of the reports that we're going to have are going to reflect that. Hey, let me give you a rundown of what's happening. First of all, the last night tournament at Lake San Vicente was in 2008, and it was closed for a little over eight years. The first night tournament is coming on up this April the 8th, and we have the fellow that ran the last night tournament there, and will be running the first tournament. Mr. Jim Slight, he's going to be with us to give us all the details. And then later on, we talked about April 9th. April 9th, Day at the Docks is happening. Catherine Miller from the uh, San Diego Sports Fishing Association will be with us to tell us about Day at the Docks. And then later on in the first hour, Captain Bill Wilkerson, owner-operator of the Malahini, he's going to be with us and tell us about the almost epic bite that we are experiencing off the San Diego coast right now, both yellowtail and bluefin tuna. And then coming up in the second hour, if we can catch up with him, this is a fellow that made a run for the Bassmaster Classic. He's a Californian, Mr. Brent Eller. He's going to be with us. We're going to talk a little bit about his adventures at the 2017 Bassmaster Classic. And then to end up the evening, fisherman Robert Tressler, he's going to be with us. He's going to talk a little bit about his fishing experience, but more importantly, at Day at the Docks, we're going to have a feature there that you're going to want to know more about. It is extremely important that you get this information. Robert Tressler will be with us towards the end of the show. So we got a great show lined up for you tonight, but before we get to our first guest, let me introduce to you our co-host. First of all, this fella is the voice of 1-800-Bass Boat. He's a pretty good saltwater and freshwater angler. And his own right, Mr. Stan Vandenberg. Stan, howdy. How you doing, John? Good evening, everybody. Well, another tournament under the belt and a new toy to play with. I got one of those Beckenel digital handheld scales like they used on uh, the uh, uh, Major League Fishing. And it works pretty good. <laughs> All right. So. That sounds pretty good. How'd you do quickly in the tournament, Stan? I uh, was in the check line and second big fish, so I was happy. Well, 
Hey, that is pretty good, too. Well, congratulations on that. Hey, uh, let me get to the other co-host. She is the national sales manager for Iserline. She represents many other fry products in the fishing industry. Ms. Wendy Toshihara. Wendy, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. I got to wet a line yesterday, and uh, we're going to have some rockfish for dinner. Oh, man. Hey. <laughs> hey, I've got to tell you, you know, the reason why I introduced myself is I finally had a chance to go out and whack him, host of Ron Real Radio, Captain James Nelson. We had an invitation to go out with him last Friday. We took Chad Gerlich from Hookup Baits. Dr. Jim, one of my fishing partners, went on out there. We went to the hard bottom at Imperial Beach. It was as rough as a corn cob. We really maybe shouldn't have gone out of it out there, especially since we were in a 22-foot boat. Most of the half-day boats, they went out to the end of Point Loma, turned around, came back in. We went down to Imperial Beach. We got a chance at least to find the pipeline. We used Chad's hookup bait, and it was a solid four-hour bite. We came back with a plethora of three, four, and five-pound sand bass, got a bunch of calico bass, Dr. Jim on a megabait spoon, yo-yoing it up and down, hooked up to something that had him tied up for about 20 minutes before he finally broke the line. So I've got to tell you, go to your favorite store, especially down here in Southern California, or go to hookupbaits.com. The hookup baits are the real deal when it comes to fishing sand bass, calicos, trout, and hopefully we'll be trying them later on for yellowtail. Hey, guys, let's get to our first guest because he's waiting patiently. I advertise that this gentleman ran the last night tournament at San Vicente in 2008, and he is scheduled to run the first night tournament coming up this Saturday, April 8th at San Vicente. I don't know. I think he's just lived long enough to be able to run another tournament after eight years there. Let's find out what he's getting into, though. Tournament director for the El Cajon Ford Tournament Series, Mr. Jim Slight. Jim, howdy. Hey, buddy. How are you doing? We are doing great. What what excitement knowing that San Vicente is finally opening on up for night fishing. But tell us a little bit about how San Vicente was in 2008. I was there for that last night tournament. And what you're expecting it to be like this year. Okay, well, I'll tell you, um, after... You know, 75 years old, I'm going to try to remember what happened in 2008. <laughs> Stan, don't be laughing at me. I'm sorry, Jimmy. <laughs> Heck, Jim, I just remember I was there. I don't remember any details. <laughs> you know, you know, guys, I started this uh, night stuff uh, actually over 20 years ago. And so, you know, they all start running together. But, you know, actually, that was a... Samson at that time we were it was the uh, bite was really not that good you know it, uh, we actually had this uh, uh, you know small we were getting small limits at that time out of San Vicente and uh, when they closed it uh, they you know the bite had fallen off but um, we ended up uh, having that tournament and um, we had the uh, at that time, we only had 36 boats at it, so mm-hmm. uh, it was a, it was a good tournament. Um, uh, I don't have the <laughs> the reason I'm 
install it. I don't have the results from it because oh. Larry Bottroff and I are looking, trying to look through our paperwork to find them stupid results, and I and I've given them to Larry, and I have you know I don't have the results of them. So well, well Jim, uh, at that time we were fishing three fish limits, and I remember the uh, one year for uh, the first Elko and Ford Night Tournament Series where I had a chance to fish the fish off. Uh, I think uh, I came in fifth place, and my three fish limit went like thirteen eh, fifty one and then it was thirteen sixty thirteen eighty uh, and then there was a fourteen pound limit and then there there was five fish for fifteen pounds so still that wasn't bad fishing at the time no it wasn't i mean like you said it was still you know we were still catching them, but it was not like we were days in the old because i had I had limits of up to, you know, 25 pounds at Seminole some nights there. So, you know, with three fish limits. So it was really, you know, it it, it got it fallen on hard times at that time. So, And the water was down, too. You know, we were fishing uh, low water at that time at Seminole. They started drawing it down because of the, you know, the closure. So we were really fishing uh, in smaller water area, too. Well, this is a so different, anyway. different place and a different time now. We're talking about... 2017, we're talking about April 8th. The water is on the rise. Uh, uh, the, you know, what do you, what do you think the water level is up compared to the way it was in 2018? It, it's got to be 70 feet higher? Oh, yeah, it's, it's at least 70 feet now. You, when they actually opened the lake up uh, uh, the first of the year, it was 60 feet actually was the, you know, they said it rose 100 feet. That was... Uh, it was 60 feet that it, the water level actually had ro- had risen, and uh, you know with the rains we've had, it's come up another 10 or 15 feet now. So it's it's <laughs> you know it's a totally different lake now. I mean, they, and you know that everybody's been out there knows that uh, the fishing has been phenomenal. Uh, I expect to have uh, you know some great weights. I expect to have a lot of fish. Uh, I'll have Mr. Botroff there uh, needling these fish because, you know, I'm assuming we're going to get some deep fish, let alone with the, with the spawning fish. But uh, there's always some deep fish out there now, some nice deep fish in 60 feet of water. So I'm assuming we'll be getting some of those too. Well, that fish likes to stay where the old water line uh, was. That just, that just happens on, a, on any of these lakes where they come up a lot real quick. Um, a lot of those fish stay where the comfort was, not where it is now. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, they will. You know, I think they will too, uh, Sam. You know, uh, Jim, uh, talking to Russ Black or to Larry, have uh, have you gotten any word on what they believe the catchable population of fish is, is right now at uh, San Vicente? Thirty. Well, Larry had said it was around thirty-eight thousand. Uh, you know, he's uh, we've been. Uh, marking fish and needling fish. So we've, I've had two tournaments there right now, and he, he's, um, you know, trying to mark the fish and see where the actual population is with his, his marking system. So we'll see what, where it comes at. But I think that's where they're at right now, around 38,000. So, um, but they're, they're chunky. They're chunk fish now. You know, we, we have a lot of the five to six pound fish in that lake. Um, that you know that's uh, filling that lake up. It's uh, there's some nice fish in the lake. So 
Oh, there definitely are. But, you know, talk. I happened to uh, be at the lake on Saturday. I, I assisted uh, ABA with their weigh-in over there. And, and one of the things Larry said is that, you know, there there's not a, a big preponderance of big fish. I mean, there's there's a lot of fish coming in that are four, five, six pounds. But after that, it really drops off tremendously. And, and still the largest fish that I'm aware of that has come out of the lake uh and this is unofficial because I don't know if it was ever weighed in or not, was uh, somewhere in the area of about 11 pounds. And I believe you're right. You know, I mean, the, the first tournament I had there, I had uh, our biggest fish came out of that lake was only a, a six, six and a half pound, almost a seven pound, 657. But that's that's the biggest fish that, you know, we had on our first tournament there. So our first day tournament. So now, you know, uh, back- and, and I haven't heard, heard of any other ones. Back in 2008, uh, for the night tournaments, uh, you limited it to a three-fish limit. Are you going to continue with that now in uh, 2017? Yes. We will continue that through uh, all of it. Um, we get into the summer months fishing these night tournaments, and it's, you know, to be bringing in five fish that weigh five or six pounds, and leaving them on in the live wells that long of a time, it's not, you know, uh, it's detrimental to the fishing uh, population. So we'll just keep with the uh, three bass limit. Well, I think uh, we should start stocking up on uh, culling equipment uh, because uh, in a light tournament like that, I, I believe that uh, a team can probably go through 50, 60, maybe 70 fish. And if they're all, if they're all clones... There's going to be a lot of culling to do. I'm I'm hoping that. I think that we'll have a great turnout, and I think we're going to have a lot of fish, you know, being coming uh, come to the scale. So we'll see what happens. But you have to have a you have to have a good scale that you can read in the dark, yeah. <laughs> and right, you, and you need a little longer than normal teeter teeter board to put them on because the the short ones aren't as accurate as those longer a little longer one will be. So, you know, but those are the two things you're going to need for sure in the light. <laughs> That's for sure. That's for sure. Well, heck, you're going to need a light because the shoreline is all new. It's covered with brush. It's a dream for a guy that maybe runs a a, a, a tackle store with uh, maybe all the gear that potentially can be used because you're going to be uh, fishing in heavy brush. They're doing that right now. But during the day, they know kind of to fish on top of it and where to cast when nighttime comes along, and where where is the moon? You're about three quarters of a moon that comes up uh, later on in the uh, uh, the evening, aren't you, uh, uh, Jim? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. It comes up. Actually, uh, it it sets about well, it's starting to go down about one thirty or so. So actually, it it comes up or it comes up fairly early. I mean, we'll have a nice moon from around oh, around ten o'clock until. One o'clock when it starts, you know, falling off. But it's it's it should be a beautiful night. Well, hey, it's going to be a great tournament, Jim. Now, uh, tell us how can we enter this tournament? It's the El Cajon Ford Night Series. It's the the first of uh, several events that are going to you're going to be running through October. Uh, uh, how can we get into this? Uh, this there's several ways you can do it. You can mail me an entry. If you can go online and get an entry for them, you can go to sdteamseries.com and pick out an entry form and, and mail it with a check to me. 
at the address on the uh, entry form. Uh, you can email me at jslight3 at cox.net, an entry form, and pay at the lake cash. Or you can sign up at the lake uh, the night, the day of the tournament, which will be this Saturday. I'll be there at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and we'll have sign-ups between 4 to 6.30. And then we'll have our... You know, our, our safety meeting, then we'll go up the hill, and uh, hopefully we can be launched by 7.15 or so. And um, and another way is by faxing. You can fax it over to my phone number is uh, 619-447-0244. And right, and you, you've made an effort to get the entry forms to all the uh, bait-and-tackle stores, at least in the San Diego area, so... Uh, uh, you can do that, and I'm sure if someone gives you a call and wants you to fax them a form, you can do that. Now, you know, you've uh, you've taken the prize fund, and where most tournaments are paying one out of five, uh, you're paying one out of four entries. Are are you doing that for the night tournament too? Yes, John, I am. I'm at, and our total entry is still, you know, we actually reduced it from 2008. We are at three hundred dollars. We're at two eighty right now, and that includes everything—the big bass, your uh, your lake permit, and the whole enchilada. And here's another thing I was going to do. I, I've got a little bonus thing I'm putting together. If you uh, if you actually, and that's why I'm trying to find out my <laughs> results because if I can find the winner, and I think that we'll find him here shortly. But the winner, uh, if they win this one here, I'm going to give. Two thousand dollars to that team if they won the one in two thousand eight. They win this one; they're getting an additional two thousand dollars. And if you fish as a team on that two thousand eight tournament, and you win this one here, I'm going to give you one thousand dollars. And if you fish that tournament, but you're fishing with a different partner and you win, I'm going to give you five hundred bucks. So oh, you know, there's a winning. Pardon me? That's pretty sweet. Yeah, so I'm sweetening the pot, you know, and uh, hopefully uh, the guys will enjoy, you know, this little uh, bonus that we're giving out uh, just because of the, uh, uh, you know, the initial of, of getting back to San Vicente. So. Okay, and and as we said, you're paying out uh, one spot for every four entries, and then at the end, instead of having to run off to some godforsaken place out in the desert, you're going to have a fish-off in October for all those that qualify, and and it's a no-entry fish-off, and you hold back enough money where uh, there's a pretty substantial pot. You bet, yeah. It, they actually, the top ten teams fish for free, and we, we take out of each tournament from each team, and that's included in that $280. We take out 30 bucks that goes towards the... Uh, the fish off, and then we have we'll have bonus teams that can qualify. Uh, depending on the number of teams I get through the year, we're going to take thirty five percent of that. That total will also go. So normally, what I've been averaging, I've been averaging around forty or fifty teams. I would take around twenty five teams to this to the fish off, and I was paying back. Five thousand dollars for first prize. So all right. Well, um, Jim, 
Uh, if you want to know more about uh, the San Diego Night Tournament Series or Jim's Day Series, just go to sdteamseries.com or give Jim a call at 619-447-0244 or go to one of the local stores in uh, San Diego, pick up an entry form. And, Jim, good luck on that. I hope you draw a bunch of people. It's going to be a fun time for this uh, initial event at San Vicente, which is uh, the first night tournament since 2008. Good luck on that, sir. Well, thank you very much. From all indications, we are going to have a good feel there. So. Yeah, Jimmy, how many have you drawn normally? How many boats have you been getting at your night tournaments? Weren't there 30 or 40? I've been getting, actually, I was getting, uh, last year was 46 uh, was the average. So. Average, but. Dang, see, that's really great. And you pay one in four, that is yeah. stupendously yeah. good. <laughs> well, Stan, normally uh, right in the beginning, too, uh, uh, the draw has been bigger. And San Vicente has not been uh, uh, on the schedule. So I've got a feeling, being the first tournament of the series, and being on San Vicente, it's going to be a real barn burner. I think it's going to be, you're going to, yeah, you're going, to, you're going to have a load, I think. Yeah. That's going to be good. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're going to be weighing some fish, I hope. And, All right. And, well, you know, Jim, like we got to get. I have Bothrop there with me. So. I've got to get going over here. We've gone way over time. Good luck. Okay. I look forward to, to speaking to you during the week and uh, hearing the results of the event next week. Okay? John, thank you very much. Stan and Wendy, good luck to you guys. All right, thanks, Jimmy. Hey, uh, we got to take we got to take a break right now. Coming up next, Catherine Miller, she's going to be with us to tell us everything we need to know about the upcoming day at the docks. So stay tuned. Stan, Wendy, and I will be back after these messages. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows is trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect, finally a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specially heat treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. 
H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Hi, I'm Chad, designer and owner of Hookup Baits. Hookup Baits jigs are the most realistic and effective jigs ever developed. The realistic action and looks of these jigs catch everything from crappie and trout to yellowtail and tuna and everything in between. In fact, in the last year, I have only thrown hookup baits and have caught close to 100 different species of fish. These jigs are so versatile and easy to use with eight different sizes and colors to match the hatch wherever you fish. You can fish them on top, you can fish them on the bottom, fast, slow, and even troll them. You can find these great jigs for fresh and saltwater fishing at hookupbaits.com. 2015 and 16, Quantum Fishing's gone and done it again for you with the brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your bait casters, the PTA design has new PTXA frame, Lighter, stronger, bone-crushing drag, quantum fishing. We are performance-tuned. Check them out at Angler's Arsenal in La Mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619-466-8355. It's a big deal. You know, I've always wanted to be on Rod and Reel Radio Line. <laughs> <laughs> I won the Bassmaster Classic. I did a, a McDonald's commercial, but now I know I've made it. I fulfilled my dream, <laughs> That is just absolutely awesome. Hey, Stan, Whitney, and I, we want to welcome you back to Ron Real Radio. Well, we're just a week away from what is the largest event in sports fishing here in San Diego. It's called Day at the Docks. And who better to tell us about what Day in the Docks is going to be about this time coming up on April the 9th is head of the San Diego Sports Fishing Council and the gal that's responsible for putting everything together, Catherine Miller. Catherine, how you doing today, ma'am? Just great. How are all of you? We are doing fantastic. You know, uh, I, I, you know, this is the I didn't know what is it the the thirty thirty eighth, uh huh, year for Day at the Docks, and I don't believe there has ever been a Day at the Docks when the anticipation of fishing can be greater. I mean. We, you know, in the past couple of seasons, we were hoping the fish were going to be out there. There were some good signs, but right now, the fish seem to be there. And day at the docks is early this year. Let's let's talk a little bit about that. Well, you know, the fish know we just timed it right. So <laughs> <laughs> that is great. Hey, what what can we expect to see at day at the docks this year, Catherine? Well, there's actually quite a few, you know, in, in addition to all the great stuff that happens every year, there's some great new stuff happening this year. And and one of my favorites, uh, Mike Ferrier, who's an IGFA uh, trustee, 
stepped forward. He said he wants to do an antique tackle road show kind of experience. Wow. You know, yeah. now Mike Ferry, as you know, is very knowledgeable about um, fishing tackle and fishing history and history of all sorts of things. But he's inviting people to just, you know, look around. Big old man, some old things are given to them by grandparents or parents or friends that may have some just intrinsic value. And she might be able to just, you know, point out some, some things that like, give them history on some of the things they now own. So that was one kind of a very cool addition to, to this year's event. Well, uh, Catherine, I think all you have to do is uh, uh, go in your family's closet, and you probably have a bunch of stuff in there that is yeah, I'm uh, incredible. In line. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, well, we, we've got um, so that's happening. And so he's going to be there with the IGFA booth next to the IGFA booth. He'll be bringing some of, some of his antique tackle collection as well, just on display. So that would be really awesome. And let's see, we're having a presentation by the fellow responsible for redoing the boat, lamp, boat ramp at Shelter Island. Now, the port is going to redo that entire ramp, and it's going to be closed for the better part of a year. Would that be uh, Bill Melton? Bill Melton, right. right. He's going to be giving a presentation um, at 11 o'clock, and will give us you know, the whole scoop about what to anticipate happening. But he, their port is really encouraging people to find alternative boat ramps to use during that period, because it's going to be, it's going to be quite a big disruption for the whole uh, Shelter Island area for private boaters and, and kayakers. They need to sort of figure out what the options are for the year going forward. Well, you know, Catherine, Sunday is a big family day, and for fishermen that want to come on down there to bring uh, the entire family, uh, what does Day at the Docks have to offer them? Well, as you know, it goes from nine to five. It's absolutely free. The kids' fishing adventure is a fishing pond set up in, at all three landings, manned by the San Diego Rod and Reel Club and San Diego Anglers. Birmingham Brothers Bay Company is, filled, is filling pens with mackerel for kids to catch, and that's available to kids 4 to 12 years old all day long. So that's one of big attraction during the day. And I was just telling someone else, recently I met someone, a boat captain, who said to me, you know, a boat captain in our fleet said to me, I caught my first fish the day at the docks. <laughs> Yeah, that's that, awesome. Doesn't that make us feel old? <laughs> <laughs> well, beyond that, I mean, it's just it, it's just an amazing, you know, uh, experience for a lot of people. It, it really sets them on a course that affects their whole lives. So that's now, pretty cool. During the event, two, we have go, these go two really great MCs this year. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Who are those people? Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> Well, yeah. well, my understanding is that um, that John, you, and Wendy are going to be up there on stage and showing us through the day. Well, you know, we wouldn't miss it because Wendy and I have done it for the past few years, and not only is is it exciting, but it's a lot of fun for us just trying to keep the people in the know on what's happening over there because there's just way, way, way too many things to. To, to just even talk about and like we have in the show tonight. But one of the things I do want to talk about is besides going on the boats and taking trips on the boats and the kids fishing and the art shows and the dunk the captain and tackle for sale and IGFA and all kinds of presentations over there, there are also three great raffles during the course of the day at the docks that people should pay attention to. Tell us about those. 
there's was a, a, a raffle at noon, three, and five o'clock, and there, fishing in the raffle are fishing trips. There's fishing tackle. There's fishing apparel. There's restaurant certificates. All sorts of great, great prizes, and they're being. We are have a drawing to benefit the Burn Institute, and so we're really very, very excited about that. And um, people just the better prizes is tremendous. It's thousands and thousands of dollars for the prizes in this raffle. Tickets go for a dollar a shot, and it's going to be really wonderful. And by the way, speaking of the of the Burn Institute, recently I met a fellow that I've known all my life. His name is uh, Bob Murphy, but by the name Murphy, when he was on the sport boat as a captain. And he had a terrible burn incident a couple of years ago. He told me recently he, he survived that burn institute, the burn incident, only because of the help of the burn institute. They really stepped up and made his recovery possible. So it just underscored our commitment to the burn institute to, to really, you know, they really are out there helping people and they're out there educating people. And it's, uh, we're very happy to, and proud to be associated with them. So they're a beneficiary. The other group that's coming in this year is the San Diego Blood Bank. Oh, neat. Apparently, this you know, this time of year is a really tough time of year, and the, the blood supplies are low. So they're going to be coming in in the morning. They'll be the most all day um, for blood donations. And if, you, if someone wants to donate blood, they can either register in advance online with them um, or show up that day. But And anyone who registers will get a raffle ticket for a separate raffle where they're giving away some three-quarter-day fishing trips. Oh man, that so, that now, is now, great. Now, will there be time? Will there be time for us before the show or after, or after um, day at the docks for us to donate? Yes, I think they're getting there early, Wendy. But I'll find out, and I'll I'll, I'll okay. put that information out to you. Well, but, we're going to uh, have uh, Robert Tressler from the Blood uh, San Diego Blood Bank on with us later on in the show, and and hopefully he'll be able to fill us in on some of that, Wendy. So. Uh, uh, he'll be talking about the importance of the blood bank being there, especially with this critical need. And, but it's great that at an event like this where there's a lot of celebration, a lot of joy, we can help out the Burn Institute and then also be able to help out the uh, the blood bank and still go out for a great day. Now, you know, as you well know over there, Catherine, Wendy just works my you-know-what off. And I got ch- I get the uh, I get a little hungry when... Uh, after uh, being on that stage uh, for eight hours, uh, might there be the availability of something good to eat this year uh, at the uh, Day at the Docks? I would say so. It actually has some new food vendors as well. So we've got Brazilian barbecue. We have um, sushi on a roll. We have, of course, we've got Tommy Gomes' famous fish tacos. All right. Yummy. And I'll be going will... there. And then uh, <laughs> in the past, there have also been... Uh, demonstrations aboard a lot of the boats. Do you still have that scheduled for this year? Absolutely. Uh, demonstrations on boats are, are not, from fishing demonstrations as well as fish filleting demonstrations. And we will have a big fish fillet demonstration about 2.30 on the way station stage where the uh, Sean over at fish, Fisherman's Processing is bringing us a big, big tuna, and they're going to cut it up there so how they do that so that when we go out this year and catch our own gigantic tunas, we'll have a clue. Well, rumor so. has it there's also there's tuna already out there, and after you, uh, uh, Captain Bill Wilkerson is going to come on and tell us a little bit about that. So it's going to be that bluefin and yellow yellowtail out there. Both oh. of them. isn't it wonderful? It's that wonderful. Is, that is so good. Now, Catherine, we've just been able to scratch the uh, 
the surface here on what's happening at Day at the Docks on uh, this Sunday, April the 9th. Uh, and we've got to get down the road over here. But tell us, where can we go to get more of a complete schedule and find out the events? Because if you come to Day at the Docks, you need to plan your day, especially with the seminars and all the things that are happening. Because there could be something that you're really interested in, let's say, on the, the long-range stage. And uh, you decided to take the kids fishing when you could have taken them fishing any time, and you missed the long range uh, uh, seminar. So, where can we go for a more complete schedule on what's happening at this year's day at the docks? An up to date schedule will be on the website this week, but Wednesday, I think we're just now actually adding to the schedule. So, the, sport, the website is sportsfishing.org. All right. Sportsfishing.org. And- now, also, may also few people. We want you to park on Shelter Island, and there's a free shuttle to and from the island. So make make yourself make it easier on yourself. We'll find free parking on Shelter Island. Right, and uh, also when uh, you get to the actual event, you can pick up uh, uh, one of the Day at the Dock uh, brochures, and uh, you can go through it, and you can work out your schedule. Uh, this is one of these events where you should plan to come early and stay late because it's a great celebration of sports fishing here. In San Diego, it's a family event. There's no charge to come to it, and just way too much to see almost in one day. Well, we appreciate very much you and Wendy emceeing this for us. You really carried along so well. We look forward to seeing you on the 9th. Thank you so very much. All right. Thank you very much, Catherine Miller. Day at the Docks coming up April 9th on the Sports Fishing Fleet just off of Scott Street. Hey, we got to get along here. Coming up next, Captain Bill Wilkerson, owner-operator of the Malahini. He's going to be with us to tell us a little bit about what's happening with those yellowtail and those bluefin off our coast. Stay tuned. Stan, Wendy, and I will be back after these messages. Are you ready to sell your current boat and upgrade in preparation for the 2017 fishing season? It's sure to be one for the bucks. I'm Zach Zorn and a broker for Kessler Yachts located in San Diego. As one of the largest and most reputable brokerages on the West Coast, I can ensure that your boat will be sold in a timely manner or that your dream boat will be found. If you want to sell your boat or looking to purchase one, call Zach Zorn at Kessler Yachts, 760-815-8866 so that your name can be added to our long list of satisfied buyers and sellers. That's Zach Zorn, 760-815-8866. Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics, McCoy line, Spro products, Gamakatsu hooks, G. Loomis fishing rods, Shimano products, Ovid reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Angler's Arsenal Tackle Store is conveniently located in La Mesa, just off Interstate 8. Give us a call at 1-800-428-8730. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. 
Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their product. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. This portion of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. Look or ask for the Rockley's at your local fishing tackle dealer. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I, we want to welcome you back to Rod and Reel Radio. Hey, and it's now time for Doc Talk. And Doc Talk is sponsored by H&M Landing. As Catherine Miller just alluded to, in the last segment, there's yellowtail and bluefin in U.S. waters off of our coast. So who better to talk to to find out exactly what's happening is the owner-operator of Malahini Sports Fishing out of H&M Landing, Captain Bill Wilkerson. Captain Wilkerson, welcome to the show, sir. Hey, Mr. Cassidy. Oh. Hey, there, Billy. Hey, Bill. Wendy, I love you. <laughs> I love you, too. Thank you, guys. Uh, well, Bill, uh, I think uh, weeks like you've had, like this past week, are, are are weeks that you dreamed about, but you thought about maybe more about having them in 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 July than having them here at the end of March and April. Tell tell us what's happening offshore. You know, it's 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 kind of weird. We started this off last week. Uh, yeah, last week. Not yeah, last week Thursday. Not this past Thursday, but last week Thursday. And uh, Captain Mike Zach, who runs the boat pretty much full-time, uh, was talking about going offshore and just taking a look around. I mean, because the islands had took a dump for us. And uh, I told him to go ahead, give it a shot, see what happens. And he goes out there and he catches 65 yellowtail for uh, limit, which is limits, for uh, 13 anglers. Right. And uh, it just took off from there. We've been fishing offshore ever since. You know, we had a... Few bluefin on Friday, along with limits of yellowtail, and uh, excuse me, one bluefin. We hooked a few. We landed one last Friday. We weighed in at ninety-four point five pounds. Oh. Uh, yesterday we sat at the dock because we had some things we had to take care of, button up on. And then uh, today they went out and they managed to capture two hundred and fifty-five yellowtail and one bluefin tuna. How so, many bluefin today? I don't know. He he wouldn't tell me. I started laughing. <laughs> but I mean, fishing fishing for the most part, you know, it's it's really good. And I'm going to take a phrase from my friend Merritt, <laughs> who told us talking to him earlier today, and he told me he goes, you know, people are sitting on their couches waiting for it to get better. Well, guys, it ain't going to get any better than it is right now. Oh man, you know so. Come on down and get on the boat and make that reservation. I mean, fishing for the fishing three-quarter day style for the type of fish we're catching right now is, is, is pretty much phenomenal. It's all in that 5, five to 12-pound range. So our three-quarter day anglers, you know, who, who, who are for the most part that fish my boat, I'm not going to say they're beginners, but they're intermediate and novices. And I believe a family of four can come out and do this, and I'm not going to say 
be be guaranteed to catch a fish because that's there's that's fishing. There's no guarantee. You know, there's no guarantee at all. But have a good opportunity to catch something and that's gonna fight and they'll be happy with it. Well, you know, Captain Bill, I think uh, the thing that I was most impressed with, and I, I don't know if you're still doing this or not, but at the beginning of the week, you were advertising no passports necessary, which means these fish are coming out of U.S. waters. No, they're actually coming out of Mexican waters. We're fishing 12 miles outside of the, the passport zone, so okay. no passport is required. All we're right, still so taking no... a Mexican fishing permit. But we're fishing outside of the 12-mile zone, so passports are not required at this time. Now, did, that big, did that 94-pound bluefin come in that same arena? Yes, sir. Right. Most certainly did. That's, wow. pretty, that's pretty doggone good stuff right there. Well, yeah, Bill, if you tell people, did. what kind of gear do you tell people that are coming aboard one of these boats, what, what should they come aboard with? If you're renting tackle from the landing... I'd get two setups, one 20-pound to 30-pound and one 60-pound and above. Opportunity of hooking a fish on 60-pound that's above 80 pounds and fighting that fish and landing that fish with the crew that I have, I'm going to say your odds are really good. You hook that fish on 30-pound, chances are you're not going to land it. <laughs> well, you know, for, the average, for the average angler, you know, that, that fish is with us. Chances are you're not going to land it. I mean, it's just it's too much fish for that light of line. Uh, I would suggest bringing, a, bringing a, an assortment of uh, jigs, surface, yo-yo, flat balls, whatever the case may be. Because uh, the bluefin have been chewing basically on a flat ball jig or a uh, yo-yo iron, if you will. Uh, me personally, I fish with uh, a let's see. Uh, gosh, when would I fish with? I don't know. It depends. Me personally, because all my rods are on the boat, I just grab whatever's there. <laughs> uh, but I'd say for the for the bluefin, a yo-yo rod, uh, six to six and a half to seven foot, uh, medium to heavy stick, uh, sixty pounds, seventy sixty five pound braid. With a top shot of at least sixty pounds wow. uh, for the yellowtail, twenty to twenty to thirty pound test, basically hook, and the yellowtail been biting anything you put in the water for the most part. Now, Bill, have these bluefin have they been mixed up with the yellowtail, and have you been uh, fly lining baits for them, or were the bluefin oh just no, something you saw? And you, yeah, you'll see acres of them up and around, and then you'll slide up into the middle of them. It's kind of just like it was last year. You know, you slap into a school of a, a football-sized school of bluefin, and they splash around, and you throw at him, you throw at him, you throw bait, you throw at him, you throw at him, you throw bait, and they look at you, and they laugh, and then they go away. <laughs> That's the easiest way to explain that, you know. It's, it's very frustrating to see all that fish, and it doesn't want to bite, you know. But so what size you know, fish the, are you seeing? Uh, today, I think you saw the bigger grade. Uh, I know the Sea Adventure and Sea Adventure 2 took our run on, I do believe it was Tuesday, because we were preparing, or Monday, because we were preparing for Coast Guard. That's all done. And uh, they had, I think, 21 bluefin, 25 to 30 pounds. The stuff that we've been seeing has, has been that bigger grade fish. Wow. 
And you can, sli- oh, yeah. you guys can get oh, a, a slide up into that. Oh yeah, we'll slide right in the middle of it. Sit there. Slide right <laughs> in the middle. <laughs> it's got to be entertaining. Twenty-five feet. Oh, it's oh, it's frustrating. It's very frustrating. I think the fl- this sucks. I think the fleet has uh, these fish conditions from last year. Stan, they're not they're not afraid of us, and we're probably more afraid of them than they're of us right now. Yeah, I remember last year I ran the boat. We're sitting there, and I, I see these. I see a, a foamer off in the distance. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. Let's go check that out. And we head in that direction. It's probably two miles from us. We get up on it, and I'm looking, and I see a Volkswagen come out the water. I see a Volkswagen come out the water. I see another Volkswagen come out the water. Okay, now everybody's excited. Okay, so we slide on it. We throw bait. It starts coming up our chum line, and I'm just praying because we didn't have anybody that had the right tackle for this type of fish. I hope we don't get bit. I hope we don't get bit. I hope we don't get bit. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, ring, 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 ring. Hey, guys, get bit. Guess what? Hey, guys, got spooled. <laughs> oh, it was almost instant. It's like, okay, I've had enough of this. Watch your lines. Let's move on, guys. <laughs> it was funny. Well, Bill, we're coming up to spring break, and I'm noticing the numbers. Uh, definitely encourage, uh, especially with spring break, if you can go during the weekdays, do that. Bring the families, bring the students that are off for spring break, because I think if you try to do uh, uh, this on the weekend, uh, you may uh, – not find a place on the boat, or you might find uh, conditions to be a lot different. Yeah, our weekends are sold out for the most part. You know, like I said, we had 51 people today. We had 51 people scheduled for yesterday. Uh, during the week, we're in the 20s and 30s. So, yeah, I, I, if you can get opportunity to get out during the week, I would definitely do that. If you're not, please come join us, you know, on a Saturday or a Sunday. But make sure you make your reservation early in the week in order to, to, to secure that spot. And, Bill, how do we go about doing that? Uh, you can call the landing, H&M Landing, at 619-221144. Sport Fishing Facebook page, get all the updates of what's been happening or what transpired for that day. And uh, there's a uh, book now tap at the top of the page. You can book that way as well. All right. Captain Bill Wilkerson from the Malahini Sports Fishing out of H&M Landing. Bill, thank you so much for being with us in that great report. Continued success to you, and we look forward. Are you going to be at Day at the Docks this year? I will be at Day at the Docks this year, and I'm going to be doing a seminar on three-quarter day fishing, as a matter of fact. All right. I'm kind of excited about that. Who knows what's going to come out of my mouth, but (laughs) it's going to be fun. Well, if it's any... If it's anything like uh, the, you talk here when you're on with us, it's all going to be good stuff, Bill. Thanks a lot oh, it's going to for, be fun. for being with us. Uh, we all look forward to seeing you next Sunday at Day at the Docks. Done deal. Wendy, real quick. Wendy, yeah. are you there? Yeah, uh, you I am Merit here. Are gonna try and, you and Merritt are going to try and meet me on the boat here next, this, sometime next week, I think. Oh, cool. He was discussing it with me. All right. <laughs> okay, well, we'll see you then. All right. We look forward to you guys. You guys, you guys have a great day. All right, thank you, Bill. Hey, uh, uh, a lot of you that went to the Long Beach show and the Fred Hall Del Mar show, you might remember. If you joined the CCA, you got a coupon book, and in that coupon book, there were a number of tickets in there to uh, to visit a number of dealers for goods and services. 
Rotten Reel Radio had a coupon in there, and we were offering the lucky winner of uh, uh, a prize of a Quantum Monster 300 fishing reel. And at this time, from the hundreds, and thank you very much, Wayne, from the hundreds of entries we got, we're going to draw out of the giant drum that I am currently mixing all the entries up in. Let's stop. Got to stop the stop. Bearings are too good. <laughs> here we go. We're going to pull a, a name out, and here we go, from the hundreds of entries that we have in there, and they're literally, thank you, everyone, for drawing, uh, for coming by, dropping your coupons on, and more importantly, joining the CCA. So we got the coupon drawn, and Wendy, do you want to announce the winner? I sure will, and woohoo! We have uh, looks like it's somebody that I know, and she is a veteran angler and belongs to the Dana Wharf Lady Anglers. We have Bev May Robertson. What? Congratulations, Bev! <laughs> Nicely done. Hey, Bev. Uh, uh, you know, Wendy. First of all, it doesn't surprise me that I can probably take all these tickets, and you know everybody in there, but. <laughs> You know, this was a random drawing, and, and Bev is the head of the uh, Dana Wharf uh, Lady Anglers. Uh, uh, if I'm not mistaken, they're a group that's about 90 strong. They're always looking for new individuals to uh, uh, join the uh, organization. And, man, so, Bev, congratulations. You have the Quantum Monster 300 reel. We'll be sending that along your way. We'll be contacting you. Thank you for joining the CCA, and thank you for dropping your coupon off at the Rod and Reel Radio booth. I think this one came in at uh, Del Mar. So, guys, this is great, and Bev, congratulations for being a part of that. Hey, guys, we got to break, take a break right now, but coming up next, we're going to pro-angler Brent Eller. He's going to be with us. We're going to yeah, talk buddy. about the run, run that he made to the 2017 Bassmaster Classic. We got a hold of Brett. I think we're going to be able to get a hold of him somewhere over on Table Rock Lake in Texas. I hope we can do it. Stay tuned. There's going to be more Rod and Reel Radio to come after these messages. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks no matter what you're hauling or towing for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert now get special savings on every f-series truck in stock 150s 250s 350s at el cajon ford we have commercial trucks too including the all-new transit connect finally a commercial van with great mileage helping your business get moving again el cajon ford worth the short drive from anywhere in southern california broadway and east main and el cajon or online anytime anywhere at el cajon ford.com 
Vietnam. Are you looking for a quality fishing experience out of Cabo San Lucas for you, your family, and friends, but are a bit set back with just what company to go with? Rod and Reel Radio urges you to try American and family-owned Land's End Charters. Land's End Charters offer their clients affordable and all-inclusive services on a variety of vessels and trips. Fish with their brand-name fishing gear while experiencing the hospitality of a family-run business with over 50 years of experience. Go to landsendcharters.com to see all the current vessels and amenities available and call Cobble Greg or Jenny directly at 800-281-5778 when you're ready to get fishing. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, HM Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Quantum Fishing's got something for everybody. From the smallest angler to the oldest veteran, we can get you out there fishing with the greatest reels on the market today. From the all-new for 2016 Icon PT to the Tour Mag to the brand-new redesigned Smoke Reel, we've got something for everyone in your family. Have some fun. Take a kid fishing. They're the future of our sport. Quantum, we are performance-tuned. You can get your Quantum products at anglersarsenal.com or anglersarsenal in the Mesa at 619-466-8355. Attention Rod and Reel Radio listeners, be sure to check out the Code Group mobile app. You can listen to the Rod and Reel Radio show live along with show archives without internet access. The Code Group app has all kinds of cool features for fishermen including daily Southern California saltwater reports, weather reports, episodes of inside sport fishing, marine traffic, and much more. Get the free Code Group mobile app by texting the word REEL, R-E-E-L, to 90407, or enter the words code group in the App Store on your smartphone. Hi, this is BSS record holder Dean Rojas. El Cajon Ford helped me when I got started in my career, and let them help you with a new F-Series Ford truck. And remember, nobody beats El Cajon Ford. Stan, Wendy, and I, we want to welcome you back to Ron Real Radio. Well, last week we were at the Fred Hall Show in Del Mar, but a lot of us had ourselves glued to our uh, uh, iPhones and the computers. We were following the results of the Bassmaster Classic because we had a homegrown California fisherman that was in the running until the very end for the championship of the 2017 Bassmaster Classic. I thought we'd get him on the show so he could talk a little bit about his experience. Here from, I think we're, we're contacting him in Texas, but... He comes from uh, Northern California, I think currently lives in Southern California. Pro angler Brent Eller. Brent, welcome to Ron Real Radio. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Good to be on. <laughs> hey, Brent. We were rooting for you. Hey. Hey, hey, hey Brent. Really good job, buddy. I don't care how that happened, but, man, I was rooting for you. We were on the lake, and guys were all asking what was happening during our tournament. 
about how you were doing, and everybody wondered. But you had everybody pulling for you, bud. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. You know, I knew that. It's great to have that, you know, that poll for me. And the amount of text messages I got and, you know, voicemails from people has been unbelievable. And I, you don't know how much it means to me, especially after a tournament like that. You know, I was in the hunt and, and had a great opportunity. Unfortunately, I didn't capitalize on it. And it was tough. It's, it's still a tough pill to swallow right now. It's been a, a, a tough week, but you know, the faster you get over it, the better off you you, know, you are. So, Well, Brent, before we talk right. about the Bassmaster Classic, I thought it was kind of ironic at your age. Uh, <coughs> you're still being regarded as uh, almost a rookie or one of the new guys fishing BASS, but you have a rich mm-hmm. history of not only tournament fishing, but also fishing the FLW, and you had one heck of a record with FLW before you came over and started fishing BASS. Why don't you talk a little bit about your career before BASS, if you will? You got it. I uh, you know, I grew up in Redlands, which is Southern California. Um, born and raised there. I live in Newport Beach right now. I'll probably I'm actually going to I think move back to Redlands here this this coming summer. So you know I've been in Southern California my whole life. I grew up fishing uh, the Point Seekers Bass Club. And, uh, and then fished as a co-angler on the One Bass Tour. And uh, I fished co-angler for two years, and then I started fishing as a boater. And then I also started fishing the BASS Western Invitationals. And they quit coming out west, and about when they quit coming out west is when FLW came out, and they came out with their EverStart uh, division back in 03. And so I started fishing with FLW in 03. I fished... Uh, three, 2004, and then I, I started fishing the FLW Tour in 2005. And I fished, I think, 10 full seasons with them uh, before I joined the Elites. And uh, I've now been fishing the Elites for two and a half. This is my third season right now. We're, we're not quite halfway through it. But um, I fished a long time with FLW, had a great time with them, fished the Everstarts and then the Tour. And... Uh, you had some great success with them. Really, it was it was a great platform for me to to kind of get where I'm at today. And they're such a great organization. I had a great time fishing with them. I'm uh, loving fishing over on Bass right now as well. It's just kind of a neat uh, neat place to be. It's neat to go and fish the Bassmaster Classic. And you know, I never you know for a long time I I never even really dreamed about fishing the Bassmaster Classic. And now I've done that, and I never dreamed I could win that thing. And and I kind of saw it there for a brief second and you know it's just a matter of time now so i'm, well, I'm Brent, looking forward I, I to the next do, one already i don't Dude. want to discount this because in in 2006 you won the equivalent to the flw bassmaster classic and that was the forest wood cup and that's a pretty uh, prestigious event in itself especially with all the people trying to get to fish the cup and then the the folks that you're fishing against over there i mean uh you know, winning the FLW Cup is is a big achievement and uh, is something you should be congratulated for. Thank you. I appreciate it. And, and that was a huge turning point in my career. Really, that was what what made me do this for a living. At the time, I was not doing it full-time, and when that happened, things changed. So really, that was kind of the start of my not the start, but that was what kind of solidified my career in bass fishing was, was the Forest Wood Cup, and I was, I was very fortunate to have won that. And, uh, 
you know, FLW has been, been so amazing. I was so happy to be over there and, and uh, had a great career over there, really had a good time. And, you know, I'm sure I'll, at some point in my career I'll be back there fishing with them a little bit, whether it's fishing both tours or, or, or just one, I'm not sure. But, you know, if, if the schedule's align, you know, then I, I might end up fishing both, uh, you know, FLW and Bass. And, well, tell uh, us uh, what well, you that's a, that's a lot of work. <laughs> fishing it both is, of them a lot them? of work a lot of time on the road and and uh it'd be really tough and you know it'd be a serious uh decision to to do that or not do that i mean that's that's not just something you just go ahead and just decide to do i mean there's a lot that goes into doing that yeah people don't understand time on the when you're doing fishing any pro tour and you're moving back and forth and back and forth the bass tour isn't out here in the west and you live out here in the west and then you've got to travel and you're not home a lot uh, you're you're going yeah. back and forth between the lakes. You're having to, to fish for your tournaments. You put two tournament schedules together in that, and it really gets pretty complicated. Yeah, well, well I'll put it to you this way. I, I left my house February 1 to start my season. I have been home six days since February 1. That's it. And I'm just fishing one wow. tour only. So, you know, well, and I'm, I'm not going to be home for another probably 10 or 12 days from now. Um, you know, so... All, all have been home six days in one of that three months. Well, it's, and uh, it's tough. Let's talk. So I want you to walk me through how you first day, second day, and the third day on this thing. Gotcha. I, uh, you know, we we uh, went out. You know, we had a couple days of practice. Um, it was not very good. It was pretty tough. A lot tougher than I thought it was going to be for Texas in the springtime. Fishing should have been really good. It was fairly difficult. Um, I had one area that I liked that I felt like I could get a few bites. Now, it was not a – I was kind of bummed because it was a tournament that you want to go out and win. You don't want to just have a respectable finish. There's no points involved. There's no reason to go and and catch the fish to cash a check and, and get the points, meaning that, you know, we're out at Lake – uh, Toledo Bend right now. We start practice tomorrow. Obviously, you want to win a tournament, but if you can't win a tournament, you want to catch the fish to cash a check and continue to, to chip away at those points to make it to the next Bass Master Classic. Right. So when I was out there at Conroe, I felt like I was around some fish to just finish mid-pack is what I really thought. And I get into my area on the first day of the tournament, and... I lose one right off the bat, not a very big one, but I lose one, and then I catch a three-pounder, and then my second bite is almost a 10-pounder. It was a 9-12, and, which ended up being big fish of the tournament. Nice kicker for so your bag for your first bite, day, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. I mean, that's so crazy. that to, to, I mean, I hadn't caught one over four pounds the whole week, so I set the hook, and it, you know, it's a 10-pounder, you know, so it's kind of crazy that, to have that happen. Well, I, I ended up leading at the end of the day. I had 23 pounds with a almost 10-pounder. And I was kind of worried about it because I go, you know, my whole weight was really, you know, I had a 17-pound limit with a 10-pound kicker, which gave me 23 pounds. Yep. So I go, you know, I, I just I don't think I can back that up tomorrow. Well, I went out the next day and caught 20 pounds uh, pretty easily the next day. And so wait a minute, did we change our venue from the second day, or did you go back to the same area? I went back to the same areas. Um, I was fishing a, 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 a big flat, 
that we had a bunch of shallow brush and sticks and those fish real shallow and all the fish I was catching were in about a foot two feet of water and flipping and pitching and and uh, I went back to the same area on day two and uh, I, I actually went through an area and caught them better than I did on day one and it really kind of got me excited I really felt like you know I, I caught 20 pounds and I, I'd laid off of it instantly when I caught 20 pounds I really felt like if I went in there and fished it real thorough that I could you know win the tournament there and I went back out on day three and it just it just never happened I never got the big bites um, you know all said and done I broke off a four pounder on day two and I, I broke one off on day three in the morning I didn't get a good look at it uh, and also lost a three pounder at the end of the day so I, I had plenty of bites to win the tournament, but just didn't get them all in the boat. And, you know, it's unfortunate. I still should have just caught them better, even with the lost fish. I still should have changed up, moved around a little bit more. And uh, so you know, the fish were in the area to win. I just didn't I just didn't connect with them on the final day. First day between first day and second day, does the wind blow a little different the second day to make, cause that bigger fish to move in, or what happened, do you think? No, the... Uh, the weather was pretty stable. We actually had more wind on day one, which really hurt. I needed it to be calm. Uh, day one was real windy, but I had a little bit of calm weather in the morning, and so I was able to, to catch what I caught. Day two, it was it was calm all most of the day, and and it was you know it was pretty easy to move around and fish. Day three, it was fairly calm in the morning again, and then the wind picked up, but not terrible. It was still fishable, and. The wind every day had been blowing into the area that I was fishing, so a real heavy wind is about the worst thing that we could have had. But uh, day three, I was still able to fish around, so it wasn't like the weather changed it. The weather was pretty consistent all three days. Um, you know, it wasn't something that it changed on me and the fish changed. It just, I think the amount of commotion and pressure in there is what really affected it. I was in the area. There was other tournament anglers in the area. The spectator boats that were in there, I think it was just too much commotion. I mean, the whole flat that I was on was never deeper than about four feet. Most of the stuff I was fishing, the boat was in about two and a half to three feet, and I'm literally pitching to, you know, a foot, foot and a half of water, so real shallow water. I just think having the commotion of all of us in there for so many days, I think they just finally took a toll on them. They just didn't want to bite. Well, did you go into this tournament? Had you been on Conroe before? Had you... Uh, you know, visited charts. Uh, uh, what was your knowledge of Lake Conroe before the tournament even started, Brett? You know, I've I fished three tournaments at Conroe in the past, all in the fall, and it was the uh, TTBC. I, I fished it there three times. My highest finish in the three times I was there, I think, was about fifteenth place. Uh, we only had 40 or 50 boats in that tournament. You know, it was a small field. It was something that we qualified for and never really did well. But it's a small lake, and I fished it a bunch, you know. And so it's really pretty easy to figure out. I'm, I'm going to say, I can't say easy. Yep. It's an easier lake to figure out because it's just smaller. And, you know, I I really fished it differently this time than I had in the past. There's a lot of docks there in this lake really developed the entire south end of the lake is bulkheads you know sea walls and docks the entire you know two-thirds of the lake is just bulkheads and docks and 
in the past, that's how I fished. I fished in marinas. I fished docks, boat docks. I fished riprap. I fished seawalls. I fished all of it. And this time, I ended up going up the river and fishing shallow brush up there in the river where, where it's not developed. And that's where I ended up catching them at. I just, the first day I fished around docks, I didn't really catch them that well in practice. I did find a couple shallow sticks and brush around these docks where I did end up getting a few bites. And so that led me up the river on day two to go look for some undeveloped stuff, some natural banks with some natural shoreline and some brush. And I had more bites on day two uh, going up and doing that. So that's what kind of get me go- got me going in that direction. Um, you know, at the start of the tournament, I was convinced that it was going to be one deep. Ultimately, it did, but it should have been one shallow. I should have won it, you know, doing what I was doing in the areas where I was at. I really had the bites. I was around them. You know, well, if I just moved around, it, it, you know, should have been one shallow. How did you decide uh, which uh, lures to use? Because, you know, we know you like uh, and favor topwaters and shallow crankbaits and things like that. And it sounds like from what you're telling us, this was playing right into your hands to your strong point of the way you like to fish. How did you decide what array of lures to, to, to fish with during the, the course of the pre-fish and then going into the, the, the first few days? You know, trial and error is the biggest thing uh, on figuring out what the fish bite. You know, what you're going to fish in the tournament. I really felt like I was going to catch them on a crankbait, a, a 1.5, a 2.5. Um, you know, that's just the way I'd caught them there in the past. I really felt like that was going to be the key. I didn't catch them very well the first day of practice, so the bites I did have was pitching a Texas rig around, you know, shallow cover, shallow brush, and a few on the docks, but nothing special. Um, Day two, when I kind of got on the pattern of fishing these shallow sticks, I was throwing a Texas rig and a weightless Sanko. And uh, really, the first day of the tournament, and especially the second day, is when I kind of got on to the bait that I ended up you know, ultimately catching most of my fish on, was a Yamamoto D-shad. And a popular technique in Texas and Florida is taking a soft jerk bait in a you know, green color, green pumpkin, watermelon, and fishing it like a Sanko. It falls a little bit slower than a Sanko and just falls differently. And Yamamoto makes a soft jerkbait. They call it their D-shad. And really what I did is I just said, well, I'm I'm going to use this bait instead of, you know, the traditional soft jerkbait that our people use. And I put that thing on, and I actually fished with it in Florida prior to this and saw the action with it. It has such a unique action to it that it kind of falls like a Senko, but it actually planed a little bit, meaning that because of the weight, you know, the weight of the hook, I'm just using it weightless, uh, but just the weight I was using an EWG, uh, Gamagatsu, a 3 yacht, just having that weight in there has it plane a little bit, meaning that it wants to fall head first, but not quite. And what happens with a D-shad when it falls it falls kind of head first, but because it's shaped like that, it, it planes a little bit. It wants to kind of spiral like like a light jig head would or anything like that. Well, the difference with this and a Senko is that it shimmies like a Senko, but now it's falling in a certain direction, and it's shimming, so it looks like it's swimming. And when I put that thing on and started pitching around the shallow brush, I mean, they just started biting it like crazy. Mm. And 
you know, that was the key for me. That's what I had most of my bites on. Uh, I was able to go in behind people and catch fish. And I could watch a guy go down a bank and not catch one. I'd go right behind him and get three or four bites. So uh, really had a lot of confidence in that bait. And, you know, it's it's a fish catcher. I can't believe I haven't used it sooner. Hey, Yamamoto's had it for years. And Brent, we got to yeah. take a break right now. Is there any way we can get you to stand for just a little bit longer and we can continue talking about the uh, 2017 Bassmaster Classic and your participation in it? You bet. All right. Hey, Good. Stan, Wendy, and I, we're going to take a break right now. We're speaking with pro angler Brent Eller, and he had been fishing the 2017 Bassmaster Classic. It was within his reach. We're going to find out, though, what happened on the last day and come to you with more information on fishing with Brent. So stay tuned. We're going to take a break right now. This is Ron Real Radio. We'll be right back after these messages. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, HM Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Hey everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fish at Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California. Boat California. Save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I, we want to welcome you back to Ron Real Radio. We are speaking with pro angler Brent Eller. He uh, was just within a breath of winning the 2017 Bassmaster Classic. And, Brent, I, I think, you you know, even though it was a tough loss for you, you got to give kudos to uh, Jordan Lee and, and Steve Kennedy. Jordan, what happened 
to him is almost the opposite of that. what happened to you. First day of, here it is, the biggest tournament of his life, he comes in with 8.6 pounds, but he keeps on working this point, and where you had found fish on the first two days, he couldn't get fish off his stuff, but the last day it produced for him, while with you it kind of eased up a little bit. It wasn't like you lost the event. These guys fished really well to take the event. For sure, for sure, they did, and uh, both Jordan and, and Steve Kennedy, I mean, they did a great job. Um, Steve Kennedy caught him shallow. Uh, you know, Jordan caught him ultimately how I thought the tournament was going to be won, catching a staging fish a little bit deeper. And, you know, I knew that those bigger bags, the 25 to 30-pound bags, would be caught deep, but it didn't pan out the way I thought it would be. You know, Keith Combs is one of the local favorites there, and, and I really thought that he was going to have that, you know, one of those 30-pound bags. And uh, to really have a giant stringer there, that's how it gets done is deep. And uh, Jordan was able to put together and win the tournament doing that. Yeah, because I think the first day he was in uh, 38th place. Uh, the second day he was in 15th, but he was still way behind. And on the third day he comes in with 27-4, which was a pretty incredible bag for that uh, that lake and just nudged you uh, uh, out of uh, first place on that. And uh, I, I'm sure, though, that you had to feel uneasy because of the fact the way you'd been fishing with your weight on the third day, I, I know, especially since you had lost some fish, too, you were probably feeling, yeah, how were you feeling? You know, I, I you know, I really felt like I had lost it. You know, I thought I was going to need, you know, not 15 to 18-pound mark to win. I, I, you know, I didn't know what I was going to catch on that last day. I honestly felt like on a bad day I could catch 15. And, uh, you know, catching 11 and coming in, I was like, man, I completely blew this. I, you know, I was hoping to be in the top five. And really I only needed 13 pounds to win the tournament. You know, it was really mm-hmm. close. And, uh, you know, having that close was, was tough. But, again, you know, it's tournament fishing. You never know what happens out there. It, it seemed like a lot of the top guys really struggled on that final day. I don't know what happened, but there was really, you know, a handful of us that were up there that caught in the first two days that really struggled on that final day. And, you know, I don't know what it was that changed, but it, uh, you know, we definitely heard on that final day. And, you know, I did too. I just never got those bigger bites and, uh, you know, ultimately dropped to third. So, it's tournament fishing, you know, it's the nature of the business. It's something that, you know, we do all the time. We're up there and we lose them or we're behind, we catch them. You know, it just, it happens every day and, and uh, it's just, it's part of the business. It's it's unfortunate sometimes, but it, it happens a lot. Well, you uh, lost the event by less than two pounds. You came in third place. That is, uh, you know, a, a lot of places ahead of a lot of other guys that would have been happier than a pig with his feet in the trough to be in your position uh, tell us about, uh, you know, what happened, uh, you know, after the event, what uh, the ceremonies and everything like that, how did, how did it go for you? It was, uh, it was actually a, a pretty easy evening. I, uh, it was busy. We had a press conference after, um, and then, you know, got done. I was able to hang out with some friends uh, that evening, and uh, I was able to hang out with my wife as well. And uh, we even played a little top golf in the hotel that we were at and, you know, just, you know, spoke with a lot of determined anglers and just kind of hung out at the bar type of thing. So, you know, it was a pretty easy night. Um, you know, it was uh, really short-lived. I, 
my family flew home the next day, so I, you know, hung out with them in the morning. They hopped in on a plane and flew home, and I drove straight straight over to Lake Rayburn and started practicing over there because we have a tournament there coming up in a month. So I went to Rayburn for a couple days and then uh, really just did some cleaning and tech, tackle prep, and then I start practice tomorrow here on Toledo Bend. I'm actually staying in a house right on the shorelines here at, at Toledo Bend. So I start practice tomorrow, I'll fish this whole week, and and you'll be right back at it again. Well, obviously, you can't do this without sponsors, uh, Brent. And uh, uh, tell us, at an event like this, when you when you fish as strong as you did, because, you know, your first two days, 23 pounds the first day, 21 pounds the second day, you, you're in the lead. It isn't like, you know, you, you blew the event. It's just some guys just fished out of their minds in order to take over and, and to, to, to beat you by just a very small about. How about the sponsors? Have have you been contacted by a lot of sponsors because of the strength that you had in fishing the Bassmaster Classic? You know, I I deal you know real closely with all my sponsors, and you know, really, I I always tell people that to be great, you have to surround yourself with greatness, and and I I truly am surrounded by the best you know companies on the market, and um, you know, one thing that I really want to say is that Iowa. Uh, they're not a new sponsor for me, but I've been with them for just a few years now. And they came out with a, a whole new series of fishing rods called the Tattoo League Elite. And what they are is a signature series of rods that their pro staff, there's a handful of us out there, and we each have a couple of rods. And the rods I used at the Classic was, was actually one of my rods. It's a 7.3 medium heavy uh, signature series rod that's just a multi-purpose rod. And that's the one that I use for flipping and pitching this week. And, and uh, or at the classic, and I mean, I, I have actually been completely blown away with this series of rods. They, you know, I've I've used a lot of equipment in the past. Daiwa makes some of the best equipment out there, and to be blown away by something you know like that when you're already using the best stuff out there, to be blown away with something else they come out with is 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 pretty incredible. So, the new Tattoo Elite series, you know, rods that are out there are really good. I mean, there's a lot of things out there. I have a drop shot rod. That's signature rod and a cranking rod as well so if you're looking for something like that you look at the new tattoo elite series and you know not to mention you know ranger boats and gopro and mercury marine you know with with all these companies i honestly would not be out there uh, without them and my oldest sponsor lucky craft who's been with me since day one and um you know i'm truly blessed to be involved with them they're actually out there in costa mesa uh, real close to where I live right now. And uh, Minoru Sagawa, who's the president of Lucky Craft, I was actually the best man at his wedding. And you know, it really is, it just feels like part of the family. And same thing, you know, like with Ranger Boats. You feel like you're part of a family. You're not, you feel like, you, know, you don't really feel like you're part of a company. You feel like you're part of a family. Um, you know, Lucky Craft and Ranger have done that. And Lucky Craft, honestly, has, has been, you know, my longest standing sponsor right now. I've been with him for, I don't know, 15, 18 years now. It's kind of crazy to say that, that you've been with a company for that long and, and you know, just have such a great relationship with them. They make some of the best crankbaits out there. So uh, it definitely helps. And, uh, you know, just truly fortunate to be out there and represent these companies. And, and uh, you know, I'm just, I'm blessed. I'm truly blessed. And, and it's exciting to you know, do something like this, do something you enjoy and, and you know, be part of uh, you know, something special with these companies and, yeah, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm blessed. Well, I'll second the motion. There's 
great sponsors that stand behind you, and you can fish with them for, you know, basically your, your career. I've been with Maximus since 78. <laughs> you know, Ranger was yeah. 82 until 2010. And, and it, mm-hmm. you know, you have, when you've got those great sponsors behind and you have that relationship with them, really, uh, the that when you want something from Ranger, you can make a phone call and they're right there for you. And, you know, the same thing with Daiwa or any of your bigger companies that, as you're fishing for them, they mean a whole lot when you get into the region where you're fishing professionally and and you have that family behind you. Mm-hmm. Well, for sure. And yeah. not only that, uh, Brett, but, you know, as we found out with Dean Rojas a couple of weeks ago when we were interviewing Dean and his wife, Renee, this is a family business. And uh, even though uh, you're out there and you're on the main stage and you're catching fish, there still has to be someone home that uh, is getting the bills, uh, making sure they're paid, uh, uh, or ra- making arrangements for you and things like that. Uh, uh, yeah, it is indeed a family business. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, there, there's no way I could be doing what I'm doing now without my wife, uh, Kelly, at home. I mean, it's something that she does so much for me while I'm gone that, that like I said, I, I, I don't, there's no way I could do it. There's no way you could do both. There's no way by yourself. Right. And, no. you know, I'm fortunate that she helps me out at, at home a lot, like you said, with bills and keeping up with, with sponsors and everything, too. It's just it's just good to have that, that help back at home. It's, a, it's unbelievable. You know, just quickly, you mentioned that you've been sponsored for a long time by Lucky Craft, and, and uh, we know that you like fishing uh, shallow-run crankbaits. You know, Spectra, uh, you know, braided lines have uh, blown up the industry all over the place. When you're fishing shallow crankbaits, uh, are you still staying with monofilaments and copolymers, or uh, have you sort of like evolved over to the Spectra lines and made the rod do what the monofilament uh, used to do for you? No, I, I run fluorocarbon on running crankbaits. Um, I, I have never thrown braid on it. It just feels different to me. I like to feel better of a fluorocarbon. The rods that I've designed with, with uh, Daiwa are, are you know, they're really you could use either one, but for me it's just a, a perfect match with fluorocarbon. Um, I, there's just something about the feel to me. I just don't like the feel of the, of the braid on there. Uh, it's mainly just the line going through the guides. It's, it's a lot of extra vibration in there that I'm not used to. And, you know, I'd rather have something a little bit smoother like a fluorocarbon or a monofilament, and I ended up running, you know, fluorocarbon for almost everything now. So, um, you know, braided line, I use it for a lot of other applications. All spinning, I use braided line uh, with a leader. And then some flipping applications, I use braided line um, as well as topwater. That's another one that I run braided line on is uh, all top water, whether it's a frog or a treble hook bait, I, I'm still going to run braided line on that. And so uh, what do you? Yeah, how they, long I mean, a leader do you run on your your spinning rods for your your uh, leader line? Uh, for leader line on, on spinning outfit, I'm usually running about oh, I'd say about seven to ten feet. Not not that much. I I really try and keep my knot that joins. They're braided line to the fluorocarbon. I want that out of the spool when I make the cast. Yep. And the reason for that, if the knot is inside the spool, you tend to snag on the guide going out because your, your fluorocarbon is real stiff and it jumps off the, 
the reel in a wide arc, and then it hits that real smooth braided line, and your braided line will actually jump ahead of your fluorocarbon, and it'll loop around your first guide on your spinning rod. So to prevent that, I, uh, I try and keep the knot outside of the spool. Right. Smart. And that's usually about 7 feet or so, 7 to 10 feet. Well, Brent, uh, we are going to be following you here in 2017 on the Elite Series and other events that you run. Uh, I hope we have the opportunity to talk with you during the the course of the year. If, if people want to follow what you're doing, what's happening to you, uh, uh, I know I think you also have a, a blog that you uh, uh, support too. How's the best way to go about doing it? You know, the best the best bet for me right now is Instagram. I, uh, I do a lot of stuff on Instagram. Uh, as well as Facebook, very little on Twitter. Uh, but Instagram, it's my first and last name. Brent Ayler Fishing is my Instagram, and Ayler is E-H-R-L-E-R. Uh, Facebook is just my first and last name, Brent Ayler. And, again, it's E-H-R-L-E-R. Man, have a follow. Check me out on Instagram. I, I post pictures. You know, during tournaments, I post a picture a day. I, you know, I usually put up about three, three to five pictures a week. Um, stories, videos, whatever, you know, give me a follow. would love to have you on there. Uh, feel free to ask questions. And uh, if, if I'm not battling to win a tournament, I try and respond to everyone that posts. So <laughs> I try and get out there, but uh, sometimes I get overwhelmed with it. But believe me, I try to respond. So if there's a question out there, please hit me up. Well, you know, I get to be lucky enough to be a, 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 one of his backup guys <laughs> with 1-800-BASS-BOAT. He's Brent's uh, been a client and a friend for a long time, so I get to be part of his backup when he needs it. Uh, when he's out there and he's picking up his new boat, I get the call and go, hey, it needs to search real quick now. So uh, it's been fun to be able to be a part of it from the background here. For yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. Stan has, has, has helped me more than you guys understand. It, it, uh, it's great having someone you know like that when you sell a boat or get a new one and or, you know, fortunately, I haven't had any major claims, so I, I've been, you know, blessed on that end. But, uh, yeah, yeah, we, we talk all the time. Well, Brent, good luck in the next tournament. Thank you so much for taking some time to be with us, especially in between pre-fishing and everything like that and all this excitement. Uh, you know, on behalf of all the fishermen here in, in Southern California, thank you so much for representing Southern California fishing so well and being such a great representative at this year's Bassmaster Classic and on the Elite Tour. We, uh, you know, we wish you much luck, and I know that we'll be talking to you again, hopefully several times before the season's over. <laughs> I hope so, too. I appreciate it. Thank, thanks so much for having me on, and uh, believe me, would love to be on any time, and uh, hopefully it's for, for a good reason. All no, right. buddy, you know what? There's a lot of us out there that know, you know, how hard it is that, to, to fish the tour, but you, you're such a competitive uh, guy out there in the arena. We were real proud of where you landed this year. I mean, for your first time out, man, that's a real flag waver. So congratulations. Well done, amigo. And we expect to see you back up there. I, I don't think we, we've heard the last of you in the, in the uh, Bassmasters Classic, that's for sure. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, Brent Eller, thanks a lot for being with us tonight. All right, thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks again. Hey, guys, we're going to have to take a break right now, but coming up next, Robert Tressler. He's going to be with us. Robert's a fisherman from Northern California, fished a lot of the tournaments on Clear Lake and everything. He's now fishing here in Southern California, but he's got a more important occupation now. We're going to want to find out 
what that is and how that can affect us, especially coming up in the following week. Stay tuned. Stan, Wendy, and I will be back after these messages. Captain Chris Randall from Chief Sports Fishing. And Captain Chris, tell us about what's happening on the Chief. It's here, and it's time to go on the Chief. For those that are not familiar with the vessel, she's an 85 by 24 deluxe sport fisher that offers a wide variety of open party trips, ranging from one to five days in length. We're also available for private group charters. The Chief's onboard anemones include a fully remodeled galley with comfortable seating for 25, twin flat screen TVs with hundreds of movies, two roomy indoor heads with fresh hot water showers, stateroom and open berthing areas, an impressively large deck area, 200 scoop bait capacity, we have twin 6 ton spray brine fish holds to keep your catch fresh, and our professional courteous crew will go the extra mile to make your trip a memorable one. To view our schedule, log on to H&M Landing at www.hmlanding.com or feel free to give them a call at 619-222-1144 You can also follow us on Facebook and at our webpage at Chief Sport Fishing Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hey, bass fishermen, who do you call for your bass boat insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the bass boat program that is what all the pros use today. The reason? No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASSBOAT. Call 1-800-227-7262, or just spell BASSBOAT. 1-800-BASSBOAT. I know there's too many letters, but the T is free and the call's on me. That's 1-800-BASSBOAT, the choice of the pros for BASSBOAT insurance. For more information, log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.com. Rod and Reel Radio is now available as a podcast you can subscribe to on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting app. Get notified as soon as new episodes are available, or go back and listen to our past shows. Browse through all of our archive shows at roddenreelradio.com slash archives, and click the subscribe button to get started listening now. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I, we want to welcome you all back to Rod and Reel Radio. Well, you know, this is a fishing show. We talk a lot about fishing. I want to introduce our listening audience to a fella that's actually a great fisherman out here in Southern California. Got to start in Northern California, but more importantly, we've got an event coming up next week that we want to alert you all to. So let me introduce him to you. We'll go through a little of his background and then talk about what he's doing today. It's Robert Tressler. And Robert, welcome to Ron Real Radio. Hey, John, it's a pleasure and a privilege to be on Rod and Reel Radio. Thank you for sharing your time with us. Hey, thank you. You know, 
Now, you know, some of the bass fishermen, uh, they go, Robert Tressler, I, I think I remember him from fishing in Northern California. T- tell us about, you know. I remember just, him. Yeah, quickly about uh, uh, some of your fishing experiences and what got you down here to the Southern California area. Absolutely, John. Uh, for years up in the Delta, the California Delta, I fished on the, the, the Hook and the Juan Bass uh, circuit up there as a uh, uh, as a team player with my good buddy Bill Durbin, who passed away recently. And we fished a lot of the tournaments up there, as well as Clear Lake Western Outdoor News Bass uh, Clear Lake tournaments uh, through the years. So uh, we cut our teeth on that and did that for probably 20 years. And an opportunity for employment at the San Diego Blood Bank came up for me a couple of years ago, and I moved down here and found about found out about this new type of fishing to me, which is sport fishing, and uh, started doing that with uh, my cohort in crime, Lori Heath, who's become a better fisherman than me, <laughs> and uh, we love it, you know. And it's it's been a it's been a real joy, and uh, working at the Blood Bank and having the opportunity to support that, as well as getting on these boats and fishing with people, has been wonderful. Well, Robert, tell us about your education. I mean, uh, uh, working at the blood bank, you're not, uh, you know, emptying trash cans and, uh, you know, uh, you know, doing that type of stuff. You're actually a pretty integral part of the San Diego blood bank. Tell us a little bit about your background there. Certainly. Well, I'm the vice president of laboratories, so I run all of the blood bank's laboratory activities as well as I'm head of the San Diego blood bank's cord blood bank program we're the largest public cord blood bank in the state of california and we also i'm head of the stem cell research group that we started there doing research into stem cells from cord blood that we use to treat uh, um, anemias and um, for oncology indications we actually support a couple of uh, research companies that are doing clinical trials to treat cancer patients with our our research program that we have there at the san diego blood bank but our core business is blood collections. We're always critically short, and my laboratory, which consists of about 50 people, uh, takes all of the blood that we collect, and we support hospitals throughout Southern California, and we do all the analysis and characterization and also make it get, make certain that it gets shipped out to the appropriate parties and institutions to save people's lives. In fact, recently we had the good fortune to do a custom platelet-phoresis uh, process in our research group uh, a laboratory group did the analysis and saved a, a newborn baby's life with uh, the products but we can't do that without the donors that support us prior to that i was in biotechnology for 25 years and i did my training and my doctoral training at md anderson cancer center where i spent 10 years working in cancer research so it's been a it's been a, a wild ride for me but it's been a, a wonderful ride and I, I love the work that we do now you you made a uh, uh, you made reference to a term that I wasn't familiar with, and I want to make sure I know what that means. And you said uh, uh, cord donations. What what is that? So whenever a mother gives birth to their child, they'll also deliver a umbilical cord and placenta, and typically that's thrown into the garbage. But what we've discovered as researchers is that that the blood within that material that's normally discarded contains a lot of stem cells, and those stem cells can be collected from this uh, waste material and used to transplant into people who don't have a functioning blood system, and it'll restore the functioning of their blood system and allow them to make red blood cells and white blood cells. Over the years, we've done 150 transplants, and every time you do that, it's very straightforward. A successful transplant leads to a successful saving of a person's life. So we're always excited when we do that, and 
Because we store these cord blood units, we can store them for up to 20 years in liquid nitrogen before we have to uh, uh, pull them up. And literally uh, a year and a half ago, we transfused a young lady in UCLA with a cord blood unit that had been donated 17 and a half years ago. Wow. So wow. the young man that donated it as a baby is now driving a car, and his cord blood saved a young girl's life. You know, uh, we uh, uh, talked at uh, the local fishing show, and you came up and you said, Hey, John, uh, can you get the word out? Because right now the San Diego blood blank is desperately in need of blood, and we started talking about a few things to do, and you've come up with a way where the average fisherman, the average Joe that will be coming the day at the docks can literally be a superhero. And, and tell us what the program's going to be. So this is a wonderful collaboration between the San Diego Blood Bank and the organizers of Day of the Docks, and I'd like to personally thank Vic Gamboa, who you introduced me to, for enabling this. And we're going to, the Day of the Docks has given us a space to park a blood mobile during the Day of the Docks functions and activities, and we're going to have a team of uh, research staff and collectors there, and they're going to collect, do a blood drive in their, on our blood mobile at Day of the Docks. And there's a couple benefits to that for folks. One is you're going to save a life. I mean, we're desperately short for blood and platelets for people all the time here. We can only store blood for about 40 days before we have to either discard it or submit it for use. Platelets can only last for five days, and then we have to discard them if we haven't used them. So we're constantly turning over blood. And this time of the year, there's always an increase in the demand from all the local hospitals and community centers that do blood transfusions and surgical and trauma centers. So we're scrambling right now for blood. This is a great opportunity, and as a fisherman, I've reached out to my network of colleagues, yourself included, and thank you very much, John, to uh, implore them to please come and donate blood. We've uh, set up, uh, we'll be set up, they'll have the location defined down here at Emerson Street with the Day of the Docks, and if you donate, you'll go into a raffle to get a free three-quarter day trip on the Malahini out of H&M Landing, which I am standing on the foredeck of that boat right now, we just came in from an offshore trip. Yeah. We caught 255 yellowtails. Wow. Nice. And one bluefin tuna. Oh, my god. We left gosh. them biting. Mike Zayak and the team did an astounding job putting us on a wall of yellowtail. They bit everything. People caught as many as they wanted. We left them biting. We caught limits for the entire boat, and then we turned around and came home. Now, Mike, just quickly, uh, people are coming today at the docks. They're looking for a family event. They're going to do a – if people see the blood bank and they look at it and go, well, I don't know if I'm prepared to do it or I don't know if I – you know, the effects of it, just quickly tell us, what do people have to do to prepare and what people can you take and what happens afterwards? You've only got about a minute or so, sir, so we've got to make it short. Okay. Um, really, we'll do all the questionnaires. Just make sure you're in normal, good health. That's all it takes, really, to come and donate. If you donate, you obviously we'll give you free juice and cookies. Donations are actually good for you. There's been studies showing that if you donate blood on a regular basis, it makes your cardiovascular system younger, and you'll benefit from that. Oh, and by the way, one of the reasons I donate, every time you donate a unit of blood, you consume 700 calories. You burn 700 calories. So oh, right. you can eat all the wonderful food they'll have at day of the dock. <laughs> Without a guilty conscience. How's that for a deal? Hey, that... And you get a chance for the raffle. 
and you get the you're, you're building the community, and we're part of the community, and this is part of the fabric of the community, and you're doing a good service, and one unit of blood can save three people's lives. So it's a three-to-one return on this investment of a little of your time. We'll also check your heart and let you know we do what is known as a wellness screen, and we'll let you know if your blood pressure is okay and all that stuff. So we'll check you out while you're there. You get a mini physical. Um, everything is done totally confidential. And, uh, you know, if you decide to do it again, we have multiple centers throughout the San Diego area where you can come and donate again after this. Uh, you know, more importantly, Mike, this is going to be the opportunity for average putzes like me to come and become a superhero and to save a life. And there's can't be no better calling, and you're doing it while going to one of the best events that there is day at the docks, and you're talking about fishing. And even when you're giving blood, it's a relatively short process, isn't it? Absolutely. It's a few minutes of your time, and we, we couldn't be more thankful for the people that we know will show up and, and step up for this. All right. What's the you, earliest that we can uh, go to the um, uh, to have our blood drawn? We'll have the uh, we'll have the blood bill meal open for people to show up at nine thirty in the morning, and they'll be there for the duration of the day. Um, I don't know that I'll get you the specific time later, but uh, we'll have it posted on the internet and uh, through our social media and at day of the docks and the notifications as How to when we close. It it. We'll start at nine thirty, and, and the time it takes is what stands asked. Um, you'll have about a, a ten minute. You'll take about ten minutes to answer the questions. The actual blood collection itself only takes five to ten minutes, so it'll take twenty minutes of your time. And that's just because we make sure that when we screen you, that you're okay to donate the blood. All right. Well, you know, we're, we're, let's get Vic. Hopefully, we can get him uh, near the main stage over there because Wendy and I are going to be there. We're going to be promoting that people stop by and see you, along with buying the raffle tickets for the Burn Institute, plus all the other great things that are happening. And, and Robert, we've got to cut it off now before they pull the plug on us. Thanks a lot for being with us. If people want to check out the San Diego Blood Bank, where do they go? You can go to sandiegobloodbank.org. We're on the Internet, and uh, we have all kinds of information. We're also on Instagram and on Facebook. All right. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, Stan, Wendy, thanks a lot for tonight. we got to get out of here because we're running short of time. We want to thank Jorge and the AM540 Studios, Ben Harvey, always in memory of Big Tuna Bill. Go out there, everybody, and get them. There's yellowfin and bluefin right off our coastline on the three-quarter-day boats, the overnight boats. They're getting away. Someone else is catching your fish. Good night for now. We'll see you all, Wendy and I, at Day at the Docks. On April the 9th. Good night, everybody. Gone fishing. I'm real gone, man. <laughs> you ain't working anymore. Could be. There's your hole out in the sun where you left a row half done. You claim that hoeing ain't no 